This is the Data Privacy Detective, and today we are getting a view from Africa, one of the great growing continents, uh, and economically and otherwise, of the world. And, and my guest today, I'm very pleased, is Amor Berger-Smith. Uh, she joins us today from South Africa. Amor, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. This is indeed an exciting topic and a wonderful opportunity to discuss it with you and your listeners. Well, thank you very much. And listeners, uh, Amor is a preeminent uh, South African data privacy lawyer. More than that, uh, she's co-authored data privacy textbooks, and she heads the regulatory practice area for Worksmans. Now, Worksmans, that's spelled with a W-E-R-K-S-M-A-N-S, is a leading South African corporate and commercial law firm, but it also manages the Lex Africa Legal Alliance. And that's a very important alliance to, uh, that has members in more than 25 African countries. Amor, now you recently authored a very interesting report. It was entitled Cyber War 2023 Personal Data Privacy bloodbath. Now, that's quite a term, and, and it reports uh, the startling st global statistics on the booming business of cybercrime. So let's start. What are you seeing in South Africa and the rest of the African continent on this uh, issue of cybercrime? So in the first instance, I would agree that it's a fairly strong title um, to, to put forward, but I think it's a, the correct title to put forward because if we look at South Africa and the African continent, and you know we can be grateful to Interpol that they and their research also highlighted this aspect. The African continent is indeed under attack from cyber criminals, and specifically the South African economy rates very high in terms of the number of attacks that the South African business community are experiencing. And therefore, we can expect 2023 for this trend to just tick up even further. We've seen massive data breaches, and I would suggest of late, not only the breaches, but the um, demands for ransom uh, on the back of data breaches, happening more and more often. In yeah, the you're seeing a lot of ransomware attacks, just like uh, certainly the United States and Europe have, is what you're reporting. Indeed. And I think that is a worrisome tendency that we are picking up. And as your report mentions, I mean, there are a lot of ways that uh, cyber criminals, they're really getting more and more sophisticated. Uh, I got one, for example, this week from myself. How about that? Uh, trying to scam me. <laughs> kind of interesting. Uh, sophisticated in a way, very stupid in another way, because it didn't come from me. But it's it's really evolving. It's almost an arms, a digital arms race, it seems to me, in the States. And you're reporting a similar experience. Now, the, the statistics in your report are that most of this, 80% perhaps, are uh, uh, of the cybercrime starts with a phishing attack. And it can be a spear phishing attack or increasingly uh, business uh, email compromise. Uh, is that what you're seeing uh, throughout Africa? Indeed. And I believe that if we consider business email compromise, 
why that together with fishing is so prevalent um, on the African continent is the fact that the employees of organizations are fairly um, unaware of this risk. So it becomes a, a higher item on your risk report if your employees are not trained and fully aware of what a phishing attack actually looks like and what the impact can be on a, on an organization. And, you know, and that leads to, you know, these denial of service DOS attacks and, and personal information and data being stolen from organizations. And not just personal data, but the important uh, proprietary information to businesses as well. But, you know, your report mentions another thing. Uh, even if we got everybody trained, we're all human, we're going to make mistakes, we know that. And, and you've pointed out how cyber criminals really are getting directly into data storage and, and, and they're, they're, they're attacking even uh, personal information protection mechanisms and encrypted data. Is that what you're seeing? So it's, it's really, in a way, a report. In addition to phishing, we're seeing a focus on attack on the technology itself. That is correct. And, and you know, it, it, the interesting thing is your listeners might think that Africa is less of a target, but the, the sophisticated organizations do have exactly the same systems as in the rest of the world. And what we do know is we've moved our lives onto tech and technology is driving it. And that's where we then should expect cyber criminals to go as well. So, yes, the, the, we, we experience one thing globally, I would like to suggest, and that is that cyber criminals are, are attack, attacking us and businesses from various front, fronts, and they are not um, standing back as we develop more and more from a tech perspective, security measures, we should expect the cyber attacks um, to increase because the cyber criminals are also growing their um, expertise. So if we think about threat detection and response tools like endpoint detection or responses in that regard, cyber criminals are focusing on that, how to circumvent that and how to bypass that to actually um, still enter the environment and the infrastructure environment to, to obtain access to information. Right. And Maybe, uh, I mean, your focus, uh, no doubt, is on South Africa, but to the extent you can speak to the rest of Africa as well. How is it being handled? Uh, well, what is the level of both of private and, and governmental efforts to combat uh, cybercrime and, and, and even to recoup uh, stolen funds? Uh, how is it working? So that is such an uh, important and um, interesting question. You know, if we look back over the past five to 10 years, the uptake and uptick in cyber legislation and the protection of personal information legislation started very slowly. But at the moment, it's gained enormous um, energy and speed in terms of governments and uh, in this, on the African continent adopting cybersecurity legislation and data privacy legislation. And I think that is a very good trend we are noting and partly driven by the desire to remain relevant in a global economy. You can't function as a, an African business without having in place proper cybersecurity measures 
and technology. Otherwise, how will you, where we now stand, if we look at the US um, uh, in itself, the adoption of data privacy legislation, if the African continent wants to stay relevant, they don't have an option but to quickly adopt to the cyber criminals way of doing and having in place the necessary legislation. So that is one thing that we're seeing. In terms of the enforcement action, if we consider cyber yes, criminals, yes. Um, you know, that is, we're seeing those trends uh, developing on the African continent, notably slowly, but in a number of jurisdictions, um, the regulators are taking a very strong approach and um, clearly building up the skills. That is one area where I believe on the African continent we do need more focus, and that is in in relation to skills development if we consider privacy and we consider cybersecurity. Right. Now, in your report, you you mentioned the rise in the sale of personal information by data brokers, and we certainly see that globally in in your reporting, and you see it in Africa. With South Africa, what's its its regulatory approach to data brokers? Because uh, they have been a relatively unregulated part of every economy. Uh, More recently, there's been an uptick, certainly in the EU and and in the United States. Uh, What about Africa? Well, I think the same trend we see in South Africa. Um, The data privacy legislation that was formally um, enacted around about two years ago clearly provides for protection of the um, private information of the uh, individuals and these um, data brokers, a very strong stance has been taken um, vis-a-vis these data brokers from a regulatory perspective. So the whole processing of personal information and building these massive but massive databases and just unselling the personal information of individuals, that is now in terms of the legislation and the data privacy legislation clearly regulated. So uh-huh. long gone are the days where you can just compile a database, scrape information and sell it on. All right. So that's much of what we're seeing really around the world. And the, the act you mentioned, uh, is, am I right? We call it POPIA, the Protection of Personal Information Act. That is correct, yeah. And that's been around, it's been effective almost two years as we record this in March of 2023. Without getting into all the details, does it follow a uh, European GDPR approach or is it a, a different way of uh, having a countrywide code about personal data privacy? Now, I think that is the beauty of being a regulatory lawyer in South Africa and on the African continent. The legislation uh, very much follows the European Um, example. Now, we need to remember one thing from a South African perspective is that the South African legislation was drafted prior to the GDPR um, coming into effect. So there are subtle differences between the data privacy legislation in South Africa and the GDPR. And for instance, it doesn't have the extraterritorial jurisdiction that the GDPR refers to. But if we consider Kenya on the African continent, the Kenyan legislation is almost a mirror image of the GDPR. And as we see data privacy legislation being adopted in various jurisdictions um, on the African continent, more and more countries are following very close to that what the GDPR provides for. 
Right. GDPR certainly had an influence on everyone, but of course, the United States taking a different approach, China, you see data localization. Uh, and you're saying Afri uh, South Africa has chosen to, to focus on its residents and not have the extraterritorial reach. So I, I guess we haven't seen fines of Meta and Google and so on the way we have in Europe. But uh, but similar, but somewhat different from GDPR is, I think, what you're telling us. Yeah, I, I do believe there is a trend um, and a desire of the information regulator to actually enforce the legislation, even, um, uh, you know, if we consider WhatsApp or Facebook and the impact that regulators has expressed a desire for these global companies to respect the South African legislation and the privacy of South African citizens. There is one important aspect in South Africa, and that is privacy, that privacy is a right guaranteed in terms of the South African constitution. Well, that's so, quite important, if I can interrupt, because that's really what's happened in the European Union, isn't it? Where the courts have really overruled even what the European Commission and Parliament wanted to do with the United States. It's part of the constitution you're reporting. Indeed, indeed. So it's a very strong right, and the regulator standing firmly on that and the view that if you conduct business in South Africa and that if you process the information of data, South African data subjects, you ought to respect the right to privacy that's guaranteed in the Constitution. So I think we are now where we finally in South Africa have seen the establishment of the Enforcement Committee and um, more and more action is being taken by the information regulator. And as with any new, new regulator, we will have to wait uh, for a while to see the jurisprudence follow from what the regulator actually enforces. But what we do know is from, um, if we look at the courts, they are very much aware of the right to privacy and people are raising it in litigation more and more often nowadays. And uh, so to take an example, Clearview, which was collecting biometric information, scraping it basically, and you know, was subject to a significant fine from Australia, even though Clearview said, well, wait a minute, it was pub sort of public information. But you're saying yeah, Clearview, not to single them out, but it, that, that might be, they better take a careful look at South Africans' PIA law <laughs> before they do that, I think is what you're telling us. Yeah, I think there are a number of um, companies that should be stop and take note of the legislation. Right. It right. is a robust piece of legislation, and um, the enforcement of that is there's energy behind it, and that is sticking up. So this is going to be an interesting area to keep a lookout for going forward in terms of the enforcement of the legislation. Right. Your report said, uh, and I'll quote it, uh, that implementation of Popia has been, quote, slow, staggered, and encouragingly steadfast, close quote. So I think your expectation is it's here to stay, probably may strengthen given the constitutional basis in, in South Africa and something that any global business should become aware of. Yeah, that is indeed my view. If we listen to the information regulator and how passionately she is advocating for compliance with the legislation and clearly stating that you know, this is a, a piece of legislation that ought not be ignored. It is clear that they've got a desire to strongly enforce the legislation. And I assume in kind of concluding our summary this today, uh, 
that it has both a carrot and stick. There are fines that could be levied, but also carrots that if you upgrade, you probably get better treatment. Is that sort of how it's working in practice? Yeah, you know, if I say the the development has been state fast, um, it has been state fast in the sense that in a meticulous manner, the regulator has been issuing guidelines, thinking about the enforcement of the legislation, pulling together expertise to guide them in the enforcement of the legislation, and that is encouraging. So they're not taking, uh, you know, hastily actions in terms of the legislation, but they're making sure that every step they take. Um, they, their feet will land on solid ground. And that is encouraging and um, giving the necessary guidance to responsible parties or then um, controllers in the South African system and the economy in terms of processing the personal information. So that is indeed a positive step forward, but also not leaving um, the door open for people to raise concerns with the regulator and criticizes them when they finally step forward and take action. And we've seen a number of Section 89 enforcement notices being issued um, since late last year. So clearly the regulator is stepping up the enforcement action. One last question for you. Has the EU made a, an adequacy determination whether South Africa is adequate uh, from a European GDPR perspective? Not not as yet. But, that is uh, being debated, but no such decision. Would you expect one, though, to be uh, to be issued at some point? I think there are a couple of things that we will have to address before we'll get to such a, a, a decision from the EU. Well, thank you very much, Amor, for taking us on this tour of not only South Africa, but the African continent, uh, increasingly important in so many ways and certainly part of the global economy. Any last words for our listeners? Yeah, I think, you know, privacy is such a beautiful right, the right to privacy and and the rights of data subjects. And it comes with responsibilities, both to those that collect and process personal information. And, and looking at cybersecurity, you know, we can't ignore the risk of cyber criminals. And even in this world where we move to in, in terms of cryptocurrencies and move our finances to an electronic format as well, we need to be aware of the cyber criminals lurking out there. And finally, thank you for the opportunity to join you today. It's wonderful and I appreciate that. Well, it was a great pleasure. As always, I will remind our listeners, as I always do, protecting your personal privacy begins with you.